is talking about his work as an ambassador, working together and, and urging them not to receive the grace of God in vain, and he's continuing to focus in on his role, his work. Paul just more open in 2 Corinthians than anywhere else. And we see in his heart, we see in his life, he's a tremendous model. So look at verse 3. Giving no cause for offense in anything, so that the ministry will not be discredited. Paul was determined not to discredit his work by personal misconduct. You think about what happens when the messenger's behavior is inappropriate. It jeopardizes the credibility of what he preaches. You know, what you do reflects on the message. Because the message of the messenger belongs so closely together. Your moral power depends on hearers seeing that you're sincere. You live it. And, and you contradict the very transforming power of the gospel when your life is not transformed by the gospel. You think about Romans 2. Romans 2.24. It's talking about how the Jews were not practicing what they preached. And he said, for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, just as it is written. Your conduct can cause the, the God's name to blaspheme. You've got to live it. You don't just preach it. You live it. In fact, you live it, and then you preach it. We're all the, there's, there's times when, when, when people love to get out in front, where you have this thing about being in front. And, uh, you know, we love to teach, we love to preach, we love, we love to, to tell people, we love to have the attention. We don't love to live it. Before we ever think about teaching, we need to live it, we need to apply it in our lives. You know, your life is the most eloquent advertisement for the gospel. And, and, and you know, they're just tragedies. You know, uh, the preacher, when I was growing up, that had most impacted me with his sermons, turned out to be a scoundrel. He's an adulterer. He needs to be used by some brethren who apparently don't know his character. But it was such a disappointment to me. I learned so much from what he taught. But when I found out what he was really like, wow! Just, that's sad. He could teach it good. Man, he's a good preacher. But it kind of evaporated when you realized what he, what he was. What do you think about? You know, I, I, I bet quite a few of you, younger guys especially, would, would think, you know, I'd like to someday be able to preach. Maybe, maybe full time. Or at least I'd like to be really able to teach and help. Some of you do that. I mean, if you want to teach well, think about three things. A, live well. I mean, live it. If, you, if you're applying it in your life, what do you think you're doing getting up in front of people teaching it? And that's the challenge. It's a lot easier to teach it than it is to live it. You know, it's a poor preacher who can't preach better than he lives. You know, so we really have to concentrate on being what we're teaching other people to be, it, it really impacts your ability to have any, any, you know, anybody believe you when they know who you are. They know the book. That's the second thing. You can't teach what you don't know. I don't care how good a talker you are. 
You can talk great. You can tell wonderful stories. You can captivate people. But we, we aren't teaching what we don't know. Know it, know it, know it, know it deeply. Know it, you know, really well. Know it all. We just got to really immerse ourselves. It's amazing. People love to teach, but they don't like to study. <laughs> that didn't make sense. Can't do that. And then the third thing is teach it plainly and just get out of the way. Just try to get the focus on the Lord. Try to take the focus away from you as much as you can. Just just teach it. Teach it. You know, can you draw attention to Jesus but not to you? It's really challenging. But we got to not want the attention. We've got to not want the glory. We've got to be so impressed with Jesus that we would hate for somebody to think more about us than they did about Him. Because He's the one that's worthy. We're not. He's the reason we are anything that we are. So, uh, you have to love Paul. In nothing did he give cause for the ministry to be discredited. But verse 4, but in everything. So in nothing, now in everything. Commending ourselves as servants of God in much endurance. I believe that's the general idea. Verses 4 through 10 are like, wow. You could spend the rest of our time this weekend and for how how telling how long flashing out four through ten. Paul could say more in a few words that most of us could say in a whole, you know, book. Because four to ten, he talks about his endurance in so many different areas. So look at it in verse four. In afflictions, in hardships, in distresses. What was Paul's life like? You want to be like Paul? Kind of what you have to look forward to. Get used to. You know, what kind of a person does it take to endure the afflictions and the hardships and the distresses that Paul endured? And then he gives three specific things. He says, in beatings, in imprisonments, in tumults. Those are kind of things people inflicted on him. We know from chapter 11 he's already gone through five scourgings and three rod beatings. Whoa! From what they tell me about scourgings, I think one of them ought to do anybody. Can you imagine? Think about it. You know Jesus was scourging. Think about what that meant. Some of you probably saw... Um, I lost the... T- no, 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 The Passion of Christ. Thank you. And the scourging in that. Wow! That was... Wow! Can you imagine five of those? And three ride meetings? Lots of imprisonments. Who knows how many times you would have been in prison? I mean, how many of you have spent time in prison? Don't show up hands, but not very many. Most of us have not come close to it. I bet, I bet a good part of this group never even been in jail. You have been fine. Paul has been all the time. Wow. And, and tumults. I mean, Paul goes into cities and a riot follows. You know, I mean, you can see him as a rapid rouser. He's the kind of guy you want staying away from your city. If you want peace and quiet. You know, I mean, can you imagine how you feel? You get run out of city after city. We have a struggle if we get run out of somebody's house. What did I do wrong? What did I say wrong? What, what's wrong with me? Paul get run, runs out of practically whole provinces because they chased him out from place to place. And then the three volunteer. In labors, in sleeplessness, in hunger. 
labors. Meaning, wow, Paul worked hard. We baby ourselves. We want to make sure we take care, good care of ourselves. You know, poor me, I'm fragile, you know. And I might break, and so I don't want to put myself out too much. Where's our commitment? And here's the thing. It's not like we don't work for some things. We got some things we're passionate about. Why not the Lord? You know, just think about what you know about Paul's work ethic. Just think about that. In labors. In sleeplessness. I suppose there's sometimes he just didn't have time to sleep. I read bigger there's sometimes he's worried about brethren. You know, he had travel time plus work time. Maybe many times he had to stay awake because of, uh, you know, uh, threatening circumstances. You know, we pamper ourselves too much. You know, it's a, we, who doesn't understand losing sleep for fun? You know, we get that. That's okay. You know, you're having a good time. Sleep tomorrow. Who'd ever lose sleep for the Lord? And in hungers. I don't think here he's talking about fastings. That would almost sound like the Pharisee. I fast twice a week. I suspect this is more his busy schedule that didn't give him time to eat sometimes. You know, Jesus didn't have time sometimes. And so many people one the he just didn't have time to eat. I mean, you know, is there a bigger crisis in your life than going without a meal? You know, sometimes that's just, whoa. If you if you go without a meal, it's like, I gotta eat. I don't care what else happens, I gotta find some food. I understand there's some people with medical conditions and so forth. But I'm saying, you know, as healthy people, you know, we could do without a lot of meals. You know, maybe you just didn't have the money sometimes. I think that's possible. We just live in such luxury and self-indulgence. I mean, you gotta be willing to put up with some things. You know, he pours himself out in service to others. And we get bent out of shape over just any little thing that doesn't go our way. And we're ready to go off and huff. They didn't treat me right down there in church. I'm done. Wow. Think about Paul. These, these you know, these sufferings just ought to really impact us. We've got to stick our neck out more. we you know, we've talked some, we'll talk some more, but, you know, I've been talking with a friend of mine in Brazil a lot about, like, taking initiative to do hard things, like socially hard things. And, and we've talked about, we've used the, uh, we've used the kind of the metaphor, jumping off the cliff. You know, and so, I'm pushing, he's 17, he's really shy, he's really easily embarrassed, but we're talking a lot, he's jumping off the cliff. You know, he's, he's trying to promote Bible studies to some people. You know, he's trying to encourage some people. I mean, and, and it's like, wow, we have a struggle to do that. It's a struggle to bring up the Lord in a conversation with a brother. Because <laughs> we're afraid we're going to look kind of stupid. We're afraid we're going to say it wrong. Think about Paul. That was probably not on his agenda of the top 500 things he was suffering. You know, that he might get rejected because he sounded too spiritual, too fanatical, or whatever. So, I mean, let this motivate us. I I don't want us to feel like um, in despair. The Lord will help us. The Lord will strengthen us. We'll give ourselves to God. He can make something out of us. I mean, I'm sure not a good example of many of these things, but wow. I am 
I am out of my comfort zone so often in ways that I never thought possible a few years ago. And it's like, you know, the Lord will, he will transform you. He'll give you boldness and courage. And he'll give you toughness. But you got to just take those punches. Yeah. Excellent. Got a friend who on the front of his Bible says, if I stretch today, amen. God help us stretch. So we're going to take a break. We'll talk, if you got some comments about this, uh, you know, uh, after, uh, after the break, we'll, we'll keep going with this.